Wildfire Concepts presents Seven Figure Furnace Digital Marketing Discussions with Internet Made Millionaires with your host, Cindy Donovan. It is so wonderful to have you here, Cyril. Why don't you tell people who are listening um, a little bit about how you got started in video marketing? Thank you, Cindy, for this wonderful intro. And it's a pleasure to be on this show. I've been listening to the podcast. I heard the one with Grant Cordon on it. It was awesome. So I've, I've been following it, following it since then. So yeah, you asked me, uh, how did I get started with video? Well, uh, I started back in 2009 and I've been actually a programmer. I've been, uh, I've been into the software industry since a long time, actually since I was like 17 years old. So, and I've been always looking for, you know, like, like any entrepreneur, I've been always looking for new opportunities, new ideas, new ways to do things. So back in 2009, when uh, YouTube actually brought the YouTube partnership program to the US, uh, I could see that people were getting in and people were making good amounts of money, very interesting amounts of money. And uh, we decided that it's time to get on board that program and try and see we, what we can do with it. And my family is like, you know, everyone is into internet marketing of some sorts. And my mom is, uh, has been a YouTube chef. She's been making, uh, now she's of course the country's, uh, one, of the, one of the biggest YouTube chefs in the country. But back then she was used to write a blog. She had a website where you would, she would write about recipes and all. So uh, we decided that why not produce recipe videos online and see how the people like it. So she converted her blog into a video blog on YouTube and she started posting recipes online on YouTube. And that really took off because back then when she started, there were not many people who were doing this, uh, posting recipe videos in Hindi online. And she did very amazing work, of course. And uh, we did a lot of optimization on it. And that was our first entry into the YouTube market back in uh, 2011 you know, when it actually took off. In 2009, we posted a couple of videos then we just worked on it, understanding, building capabilities, because shooting videos is difficult, Cindy, you know, you know, and back, it's easier now, but back then when we started, we had to uh, arrange everything, the camera, the editing process, a lot of things were, uh, you know, uh, we needed to resolve a lot of things. So finally, we actually did, uh, you know, the proper entry when we started produce, when we started producing a lot of content, it was back in 2011, and this is like 2016, so it's been already like five odd years since I've been working YouTube on YouTube actively uh, promoting a channel and producing content on a regular basis. So it's been five years now. Back in 2011 is the time when we actually got into it full time in a big wow. manner. <laughs> that is amazing. And I've actually seen your mum's YouTube channel. <laughs> I've cooked a couple of the recipes, even though I don't always follow along exactly. <laughs> it's wow. really good stuff. <laughs> That's amazing, you know, and she does have a lot of audience worldwide, not just in India. And yeah. we do put, try to do things for her by, uh, you know, uh, putting in uh, captions in English yeah. language so that people out there in India can also read the, the, the recipes. The, the content delivery is in the local language, but uh, it's, it's popular all over the world due to that. Mm, absolutely. Um, so if people are just starting out with their YouTube channel, so I think some of our listeners are thinking about doing YouTube or might have had a channel but not really knowing how to monetize it. So that's really what we want to talk about today, how to get the most out of your YouTube channel. So can you tell us maybe three things that people should do when they're starting a brand new YouTube channel? What should people be doing? 
Absolutely. Cindy, actually starting a YouTube channel, I would say, you know, many people tend to think that the market is quite saturated. There are lots of, you know, amazing channels on YouTube that are doing pretty well. Uh, you have seen channels with millions of, uh, of views, not just on the entire channel itself, but on single videos. So the market is amazingly big and uh, people are producing a lot of content on YouTube and even corporate studios are now uh, preparing content direct for YouTube. So the market is amazing and it's accessible to anybody. So just about anybody can get on board and depending on the product and the kind of production they have and the kind of niches they can enter, they can definitely do pretty well on YouTube. Now answering your question, uh, what are the things that they should take care of? Uh, the first thing I would say is consistency. Now I have found the most common reason why people are feeling on YouTube is because they're not consistent enough. So you start with uh, some with an idea, you get into a niche and you just, you know, you're full of energy in the beginning. You produce a lot of videos, uh, you know, in a week, maybe working extra hard, producing three or four videos a week. And as the, as the month passes by, as three months pass by, you trickle down to one video a week and later you can't even produce that much. And what happens is, you know, YouTube loves consistency because they want to, pr they want to promote people who are, uh, in there for the long term who, who are in it you know like a job and that's why they tend to uh, you know push people who are doing it very consistently so i'm going to say this to you guys if you're going to be uh, if you the most important thing that you got to take care of is consistency uh, decide what is the interval that you want to put in between uploading videos it could be a week maybe one video a week maybe two videos a week depending on the niche that you're targeting but stick to it and make a long-term plan because YouTube is not a short-term thing. It's not like something you can get it right in a month. You need some time to invest in it and you need to be patient with it. After that, it's going to pay off really well. So be consistent, take some time. That's my first advice. Second thing is optimize. You know, many, many people I see, they don't really optimize so much. They put up a video and they just expect it to get ranked all of its own. Now, you got to optimize. You got to understand how exactly YouTube works. It's not like SEO. On SEO, we do things like keywords and we stuff things with, you know, we stuff, we try to stuff the articles with keywords word we build right. backlinks and i see people a lot of wrong things you know uh, i've seen people build backlinks to youtube videos and in my experience running all the channels that are run that works at a very very basic level it's it's not a recipe to really get a huge viewership on youtube so i want to say learn proper video optimization learn what is different in video optimization from seo because that knowledge is going to help in long term once you understand how to properly optimize your videos you can actually get them to the full potential so that's number two optimize secondly actually analyze and adapt that's my third advice analyze and adapt now i don't know what niche you're working in and you know i would say different niches have different requirements you gotta uh, approach them differently you gotta have different uh, intervals uh, you know that you need to upload videos on you gotta see who you're competing with so i would say when you're producing content, keep, you know, do an analysis of the market, understand where you, where you stand, what kind of content you can produce, and then select your own position and try to be unique with it. Analyze and adapt. That's my, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting a channel today, don't be uh, stuck to that model uh, for the rest of your, uh, you know, business life. Now, I would say go out and study what other people are doing, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and try and incorporate the good practices in your own channel at the same time, trying to uh, put in a unique touch, but analyze and adapt and improve. It's going to be a constant process, you know, and like I said, be patient about it. YouTube has amazing growth potential, but you've got to be patient about it. You've got to take time. You've got to make sure that you do things right. So if you do these three things, consistency, but make sure that the uh, the quality is good. Of course, that's a part of the thing. I think I said one more thing. I got lost track. <laughs> but yeah, do this straight and it will be better. Yeah, yeah. No, they're really, really good tips. Um, so we talked Thank about you. good things to do. 
Um, I know some people get their accounts suspended and banned. How, how do people avoid getting their accounts suspended? Okay. Uh, now this is, uh, this has actually happened to me once and it's, it's a, quite a surprise since I manage about 10 different odd channels. I think my account ban was amazing. You know, it was like a su complete surprise, and, but I was able to get it reinstated because I know a lot of uh, people on YouTube. I've got account managers. I could just call them and tell them, all right, this is not a spam account. So uh, please reinstate it. And I was able to get it reinstated and I did ask them what went wrong. So this is what they told me. YouTube has an algorithm using which they actually monitor all the accounts using a computer system, using a program. So not, you know, all of the accounts are not suspended by people. They're suspended by machines. So they don't really know, you know, some of the time they make mistakes. And the most common reason why they would suspend account is when they think it's spam. So if you're putting up a lot of videos online and you're over optimizing them, you're trying to build backlinks to them and YouTube suspects that the traffic coming into the uh, channel is not good quality. It's not organic traffic. You're putting in your likes or yourself. You're putting in comments yourselves. And then you're trying to spam other people's, uh, you know, uh, channels with comments. comments without right. any, yeah. And, you know, they're marking your comments as spam. Uh, that really gives YouTube some signals about your channel. So don't do these things. Uh, be, be a little slow in the beginning. Try and develop some kind of subscriber base and try and get organic views. So if you're paying somebody to uh, view your channel or like your channel and they're going to do it from uh, uh, their own, uh, you know, computer or if somebody is just uh, building a lot of, uh, you know, clicks by using different accounts from the same computer, all of that is going to, gonna, you know, uh, something going to be something that YouTube is going to detect because mm -hmm. you can't really hide so much. So that's that you don't do these practices. Instead, focus on building organic traffic, getting the optimization right and getting the content right. And that, that I think is going to serve you long term. So the most common practice that I think that gets people banned is commenting on other channels uh, too much without trying to be relevant to what the other, other guy is producing. So that is the most common practice. Apart from that, uploading too much with too many videos in a very small amount of time. So don't do that. Don't upload three or four videos a day. That doesn't work on YouTube so much anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, just don't be stupid, basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you deal with your SEO the same way. So uh, if, if you, you know, you should deal, deal with your video content also the same way. Don't over-optimize. Yeah. Don't stop it. Uh, don't spam. Basically, don't spam. That's the bottom line. If you don't spam, you should not get banned. And if you do get banned, like I was for some, some weird reason. I don't understand because on that, I, I think I understand because on that channel, I was producing one video every day. I was uploading one video every day and it was not a very, very popular channel it just started. So YouTube saw a lot of, uh, you know, videos coming in and with very uh, little views in the beginning. So they, they didn't really understand if they were my original videos or was I copying videos. So they were, they had this automated detection system and they, uh, uh, and they banned my account because of the right. keywords that I was targeting was a very, very popular niche. So that kind of thing happens. But if, the, if that does happen to you, you can escalate it and you should try and push it. And usually it works. If your account is legitimate, it, it should not stay banned, even if it is banned for a little while. Right. And when you're building a YouTube channel and you want to, you want to get yourself a great YouTube following, you really need to be focusing on quality. Um, you obviously want quantity. You want as many people as you can in there, but you want to have good quality. Um, and, and, you know, real actual people there instead of trying to take shortcuts, <laughs> which, which is, you know, going to get you in trouble anyway. So definitely okay. um, something to focus on. So when we're talking about, um, let's talk a little bit about making money with your videos um, because I know that you can run okay. ads, um, you can put AdWords um, and that kind of thing on there. Do you monetize it with AdWords or how do you monetize your videos? 
Okay, uh, uh, Cindy, my content is targeted to the very, very broad niches like recipes and kids animated content. So my primary mode of monetization is AdWords because I focus on the content. I produce uh, very, very specific niche targeted content and I monetize primarily through AdWords, through the AdSense program. But there are different ways to do the monetization process. You don't really need to depend on AdWords alone because let me be very frank with you. AdWords... Uh, sucks you know it doesn't pay you at that much that much in that much money per per thousand views so unless and until you are able to scale it up to uh, hundreds of thousands of views that money doesn't really matter and that you can do in every niche that you can do in only very very specific very broad niches now i do that i'm going to show you uh, uh, probably just you know share my screen and show yeah. you uh, one of those channels that i do and maybe uh, you know that'll that'll show you what exactly i do and how i do it so the channel that I'm sharing is uh, a kid's channel. In that channel, I produce uh, animated nursery rhymes and I, I monetize through, uh, through AdWords. So this is like a seven day period. And I'm getting, you know, what I wanted to show you was I'm getting 97,000 views per day on this channel, right? Uh, ranging between 95,000, sometimes 97,000, sometimes 88,000. So whatever the range is, it's pretty high, right? It's pretty impressive this to get nearly 100,000. Right? Yeah, yeah this, is, this is every day. Mm -hmm. So coming back to you, uh, if you get that kind of viewership, it makes sense to monetize through AdSense because then you gotta get paid uh, even if you don't have to sell. If you even if you don't sell anything, but I would say if you're starting out, then don't make it your primary monetization strategy because creating content for these kind of niches is a little expensive. You need to invest money in it unless you're talented yourself. Now I've seen people produce uh, makeup videos. I've seen people produce recipe videos from their homes. I've seen people produce sketching videos, all sorts of training or how-to videos, and they're making a big big pile of money. Or even you know just demonst game demonstrations or even uh, commentaries on uh, uh, you know different things and they are doing pretty well. So unless you're talented, that's amazing. You can you can even have a video blog about yourself, talk about your life, and still make money. Or uh, if you have that kind of talent. Otherwise, what you can do is if you're more like a traditional marketer kind of a guy, you can try and get traffic to YouTube, even if it's not like 100,000 viewers a day, like I'm getting on my kid's channel, even if it's just 2,000 viewers a day or even 500 viewers a day, you can still monetize it, turn it into money by promoting offers to them, by directing them to uh, this, to uh, you know offers that you can sell or promote, uh, you know, just doing, a, just doing things differently, not using AdWords or AdSense, but try and sell things to them. You know, maybe your training, maybe the offer, the soft, maybe something that you created, maybe a, a, a product that you're selling for somebody else, like an affiliate. So all of these things you can do. There is practically an endless uh, number of options that you can do to monetize. Now, I'm a, an AdWords guy, an AdSense guy, and I use that. <laughs> so you're using, you're obviously, you're getting nearly 100,000 views a day. How, what are your sources for traffic? How do you get that much traffic to your videos? Okay, uh, Cindy, the one thing I'm going to say, it, traffic, the traffic source that should also depend on where you're coming from. For me, the niche is very big and I get most of my, uh, in fact, not most, all of my traffic organically. It's either through search. So I target search terms on YouTube. I rank for these search terms and I also get my traffic through the suggested videos bar. And that is my primary source of traffic. Let me show you something interesting. And I've been talking that about that since a long time. You know, I'm into a video, into the video marketing industry. People come to me, people ask me questions about building quality channels, building authority channels. And I tell them what I know about it, what I have learned about it. And one of the primary lessons that I learned about is about, uh, you know, building authority channels is that the traffic is not really all coming from the keywords it's coming more from 
uh, YouTube's suggested source sources or YouTube's related sources. Let me show you another little uh, you know screen, uh, another little section of my analytics, and that should really tell you what I'm talking about. So just uh, hold on for a moment while I share my screen. Sure. I'm going to go into my traffic sources. You asked me about sources, so the, the, the data is right in front of you now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you can see that, right? So the primary traffic source for me has been suggested videos. And suggested videos are the videos that appear on the sidebar. When you go to a particular video on YouTube, you will see the videos on the related sidebar. Now, suggested videos are videos over there. And you can see that almost 67% of my traffic, which is the majority of my traffic, it's coming from suggested videos. Then, of course, I've got playlists and search and all those things. But the primary source is suggested videos. And that's where my traffic comes from because I rank and I organically try and get traffic. And depending on where you come from, you can get different sources. I know people who send traffic from websites. I, I know people who rank for specific keywords. But for me, it's like the organic suggested videos, the related channels where I get the bulk of my traffic from. Okay. Um, so most, most of it comes there. Um, do you use playlists? Do you like create playlists? And if so, do they actually drive engagement? How does, how does that work for you? Okay, uh, playlists are very powerful on YouTube, Cindy, and they're amazing. And uh, playlists actually drive a large amount of my traffic. Now, I'm, I see the screen right in front of me, and I can see that playlists are driving around uh, nearly 45,000 viewers to me uh, every month. It's not a daily thing because daily I got a lot of videos, but most of my views are from suggested videos. And, you know, depending on the niche you're targeting, playlists can have different value. Now, for me, I do create a lot of playlists lists i make sure that every one of my videos is in some playlist or other so my strategy is pretty simple i i, I create the maximum number of playlists for the video possible i put it i put it in as many a number of playlists as possible sometimes the playlist has only one video that's the particular video that i've created i don't mind at all because it doesn't cost you to make playlists and playlists also rank when you do youtube search you will find that some of the results are videos and some of the results are playlists so if you've got a good playlist with a lot of videos you will actually start to rank and people will start to uh, look at your video. And I'm going to give you an interesting tip that I did with one of my channels and it was pretty successful. I used to create playlists with my video on the top. So when you play the playlist, my video will play first, but I would then collect all the videos in the niche and put it on the playlist. So YouTube has a system in which they actually, if you playlist have a lot of videos, they will show your playlist in the search results higher up. So my playlist has 250 videos maybe, but it's my videos that are on the top. So all of the competition videos are at the bottom and people usually don't even get to there. <laughs> they end up watching my video first. So that was a pretty good trick, which I used to uh, quickly grab uh, search rankings through playlists and get a lot of traffic to my videos because practically all the people the who were watching at the top, right? Because it's my playlist. I can put three or four videos at the top and all of the other guys are at the bottom behind it. And they're there. So YouTube thinks it's a playlist, nice big playlist of 50 videos, totally targeted to the niche. They show it and I get the views. So that's a one, that's one trick that I did with playlists that really worked very well for me. Okay, that was fantastic. Um, when you're actually creating videos, because um, you do different niche stuff, you've got like the children's niche um, and the cooking. Um, do you use Camtasia? Do you do it on camera? Do you outsource your videos? How do you, how do you actually create the videos? 
Cindy, I have used every source possible. <laughs> I've created videos through Camtasia because I've got the IM. I'm, I'm in the IM thing. I produce videos for internet marketers, and most of that and many of those videos are trainings. You know, so I create trainings through Camtasia where I train people on SEO or on video marketing or using my software. All of these things I create that that on Camtasia. Then I've got the recipe videos, and for the recipe videos, we proper have we have a proper studio where we we have a three camera setup. You know, three people. Uh, three cameras shoot the thing and then we edit it so this is like a proper camera setup and then i have a channel where i create uh, english learning videos and we i'm doing that sitting in india so for that i hire people outside india and i and I, and I, you know i pay them to produce their parts or their bits and send me the clips and then i edit them in india so i'm doing everything possible depending on the niche you know and i think that's that should be the thing you know depending on what your niche is depending on how you can do things you should try and explore as many as many possibilities as you can i even produce videos through screencast you know uh, in which i record the screen and somebody illustrates using a pen tablet sort of a thing so different ways to do things and you should certainly uh, explore as many ways as possible as it's possible for you mm. so uh, as is possible for you is a really really good point so you know if you're more comfortable with something and it works with you it's more important to get something up there and actually get a channel happening rather than wishing that you could do a channel at some stage um, so what exactly. if, what if um, someone is listening today and they haven't started a YouTube channel and they want to just go and get started, what would you say their priority should be? Where should they be focusing their attention on right now, How, right from the start if they've got to go start okay. a new channel? Like you said, Cindy, it's not important. See, on YouTube, it's not important to have the best camera. It's not important to have the best audio recording equipment. It's not important to have the best lighting. What you need to give people is content. Now, if you make a funny video uh, showing something that's really radically new and funny, people are going to watch it. Even if you shoot it with the worst camera possible, just your camera phone, uh, maybe your phone camera or whatever, just make something that's engaging and interesting. Now we have seen dog videos going viral and millions of people watching them. So there's practically no limitation. Now you can start today. What you need is good quality content. So if your first priority, if you, if you want to figure out your first priority, figure out what's your, what's your unique point. What is so unique that's something, you know, maybe something unique that's going around you. Maybe something unique that you can do. Maybe something you know, maybe it's a skill. So figure out what your unique point is, what you can give to the world, what you can, what's engaging, what can engage people, what can entertain people what can teach people figure out if you have any of these things and then start the youtube channel don't worry about the solid quality of the recording don't worry about the quality of the audio all of that you'll figure out as you grow as people respond to you and you learn from them mm. no that's great and um, so talking about like you know finding your thing how do you find a niche like how do you actually find a niche that's going to make you money and how are you going to find one that you won't end up hating how do you find a good niche okay. Okay. See, I would say, you know, uh, I start with, start with what you know, mm. that should be the first criterion, what you know, what you can do. Then I think the second stage is when you've actually figured out a list of things that you can do, then you need to find out what to do out of those things. Maybe if I can do 10 things well, or maybe I can do five things well, or I, I'm interested in uh, doing five different kinds of things. I need to find out what works best for me and that is where the research parts comes in and you know how i pro, how, how i go for research i actually go and look at all the top channels in that niche so if i'm producing you know content for kids then i'm going to go look at all the top content uh, you know uh, kids content channels i'm going to look at their stats going to look at how many videos are they producing in a week going to look at how many views they're getting in a week and how how much time have they spent 
what is the number of how many channels there are in the in that nation how many people are actually making money i would like to estimate that i would try to estimate that and i would try to see how many subscribers are there coming up in uh, you know every channel basically just hard math youtube analysis is all about hard math trying to figure out what is working for every channel what how are they growing and then if i want to have a complete picture of the niche then i would understand okay out of these five niches that i can do next that i can invest my money in next because i don't produce videos myself i usually pay people or i build teams and i produce videos through teams so i want to invest money so i make sure that i do the hard math i try to find out what i can do best and then i go for it depending on my analysis now that's i'm going to tell you something interesting Uh, I think about in last year in October, I created a tool called Niche Exploit, which I, I which I didn't sell the tool. It was sold to a very very specific uh, crowd, which were already my customers. I only gave it to my customers. It was a tool called Niche Exploit, which told people, uh, you know, which did all this calculation. You know, the hard math that I'm talking about. You just enter a few keywords in it, and it would tell you exactly. It would answer a lot of questions about your niche, like how much money you can make, how much money you need to invest, how much, how many videos you should produce a week, who are the leaders, who's making money, who's not making money. All of these questions that you need to answer to actually, you know, uh, make a profitable presence in the niche. So I did that, and uh, that was based on the algorithms that I created myself for my own research. But I think if you can do that manually also, it's going to take a little more time, but it's definitely worth it. And so go out and find out who the leaders are. and then try and understand how they approach the market and how much viewership they're getting and then try and judge whether it's going to be worth it to invest your time and your money in the in the project that you're targeting that sounds like a really cool tool um and you mentioned it's not for sale at the moment are you going to be releasing it later Uh, yeah, but I have no time frame for it. But eventually, I will definitely bring it out for uh, other people also. I sold it to only my customers uh, and did not to too many people because you know uh, I don't really know if I want to give people too much too much access, too many people access to uh, YouTube niches. But let me see. I'm definitely. We're gonna bring it out eventually. Maybe it's not this month. Maybe three, four months later on. I don't know yet. Right. When. So for now, you've just got to get a pen and paper, guys, and write down, do your research, find out what is, yeah, what is there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Don't have any shortcuts. Just write this minute, but keep an eye out. Hey, <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, right. So for um, keyword research and stuff, um, I, I see you you use a lot of um, analytics. because i mean it links with google youtube is owned by google youtube's like you know google is everywhere um so is this um is that your main source of analytics do you use any other tools other than google analytics or what what do you use there well for analytics i always go for uh, google youtube uh, yeah. you know youtube's analytics they have got pretty good uh, data there but you know youtube research is not just about analytics it's mm-hmm. because youtube will not tell you about your competition they're going to they're going to only tell you about your own channel but the the real gold is in your competition right you need to find out what videos are working for your competition you need to find out what keywords they're targeting you need to find out what videos they're making making money on and what what videos they're losing money on so that you don't make those same mistakes and you capitalize on their research so i do that and for that i have my own tools that i create myself and of course uh, some of my tools are, are in the market and people use it people a lot of people use it i think i have about uh, 40,000 40,000 to 50,000 users of my tools of my youtube video production 
our video analysis tools. So I use my own tools myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I use TubeRangit all the time to analyze yeah. keywords and all. Basically, it's trying to you know understand the market by using other people's data, by getting other people's data because a lot of data is exposed publicly. You get to see how many views every video is. Every video is getting a daily. You get to see the keywords. You get to see the titles and descriptions. All of the data is available. Yeah. You just need to find a tool to bring it together and I have my own tools to do that and I'd use them like you know it's uh, uh, they are my most important data source apart from analytics uh, you know YouTube's analytics which tells me how my channel is doing but I think the real goal is outside my channel and that's what I focus most of my time on time on right with um, YouTube you can actually do like a lot of call to action marketing and stuff as well like you can put um, annotations and notes and all that sort of stuff there um, do you use that a lot how do, how do you use annotations well, well, not anymore, Cindy, because one of the tragedies that you, that happened recently is uh, YouTube uh, is now mostly viewed on the mobile devices. So that okay. means your mobile phone, that means your tablet. Uh, for me, nearly 80% of my views are coming from the mobile devices, only about 20% from the computer. Now, the annotations, they don't work on the mobile devices. They only work on the computer. So that's a tragedy because you really can't show all this jazz to people anymore because the, you, the mobile devices don't support them. I, you know, Even iPads don't support them. So they don't really pay off so much anymore. So I don't really concentrate on my, my energies on that. The only thing that works on mobile devices these days uh, is, uh, you know, uh, there's a little, uh, I think that I, I, somehow I'm forgetting the name. There's a little strip on the side, uh, which shows you related videos. Only okay. that is working. Annotations don't work these days anymore. So, uh, I would say, uh, it's not such a, you know, uh, it's maybe the returns can be lower and uh, you should do it if you're producing videos for the, uh, for the IM market or mm -hmm. something that, that is best used on desktop computer, but if you're doing broad businesses, like kids and uh, you know recipes, then most of the content is going to be viewed on the mobile phone. It doesn't make sense for me anymore. But I'm waiting for the day when YouTube reintroduces them or introduces them to the mobile world, then they would make sense again. Right now, you've got the Pulse. So YouTube has Pulse on the mobile devices too. And of course, uh, uh, this other thing that I'm talking to about, uh, let me get, tell you the name uh, because it's very bad to be not clear about it. Uh, just a second. Cards. So I'm talking about cards. So only cards work on uh, mobile oh, devices yeah. and annotation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can use cards on mobile devices and I focus my energy on cards these days. I produce, I try and put in cards in every video that I produce and I try and put in logical cards. But apart from that, I don't really bother so much about annotations anymore. I'm not at all familiar with cards. What are they and how do you set those up? <laughs> I've never okay, heard so of them. No. Do you want me to show you a demo of that? Yeah, uh, okay, absolutely. But Okay, so this is an audio podcast too. So I'm going to try and illustrate this. So I'm uh, going to share my screen again. Uh, so, well, the cards are uh, something that YouTube introduced some time ago. And if you go into your video manager and you produce, you go into maybe, uh, maybe one of the videos, pick up one of the videos like this. And you click on the video in the edit mode. So I'm editing my video right now. And uh, you will get to see some details about the video. At the top, you will see some options, influence settings, enhancements, audio, annotations. And next to annotations, there's cards. Mm -hmm. Click on cards and you will see, okay, and you will see a little menu which says add card. So you've got some options in cards. You can point to a video or a playlist. You can point to some other channel, maybe a friend's channel or maybe a channel that you own. Uh, you can point to a donation link pointing to a nonprofit organization. You can create a poll. 
uh, and or you can even link to an approved website. So they are uh, quite a you know good alternative to annotations, but not as uh, powerful as annotations. But you can create a card by clicking on the create button. So suppose I want to link to another video, I can just click on create and uh, pick up the video from my own channel that I want. Maybe this one. Click on create card, and at the bottom you will get a little timeline, and I can move a little tab around the timeline maybe. And I can uh, I can decide where I want to show the card. So if if I want to show it on the seventh minute, thirty second second, it's the over. Drop the tab over there. If you want to show it on the thirtieth minute, drop the tab over there, and it works. So basically, when the person comes to that point of the video, you will see an you will see an eye sort of an icon, an information icon on the video itself. And when you click on the information icon, or if somebody swipes uh, right on the information icon, they will see a little. You know, a little screen where you will see the title of the video that you're linking to, or whatever website you've linked to, and a little graphic. So this way, you can actually send people to other videos that you produced, or send people to websites that you own, or send people to uh, you know other channels that you have on YouTube. So all of these things can be done by cards, and that is the only uh, you know annotation type oh, that works on right. phones too. <laughs> um, have you have you done a lot of tracking on that? Do you get much action with those cards because it's a little tiny? It's so tiny. Yeah, they're quite tiny. It's mm. that's why I said they're not as powerful as annotations yeah. because not every every viewer doesn't see it. You and only I've see never it when you it. click on that. No. Yeah, you. <laughs> so that that's the point. You only see it when you uh, click on the little eye icon over there. Right. So typically, about two to three uh, percent of the people are actually looking at cards. Right. A lot of wow. 100 viewers, maybe three people or four people are looking at cards, not more than that. Okay. So um, you have videos that, you know, totally go viral um, and, you know, people want to share. Have you got any tips for our guys on how to make their video go viral, how to get people wanting to watch it and share it with people? Make it something controversial. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> advice. If it's something that shocks people, they're going to share it. Mm. So maybe it's for the reason, you know, because they're pleasantly surprised or maybe for the reason, but they're, they're shocked about it. But people tend to, you know, uh, share things that shocks them, that is surprising for them. So yeah. it could be, uh, you know, you know, I, I'll tell you something interesting. A little while ago, I saw an American girl producing a video uh, talking about the English language, calling it Americanish. You must have seen it too, right? I saw that one, and, yes. <laughs> yeah, and most of the people didn't realize that she did it on purpose and you know it was all staged and she had produced two videos like that she just wanted to get popular and get viral and she was successful because she, she shocked a lot of people right so if you can shock people just by using words or by images whatever you can shock them do that and you will definitely go viral now i've been in, i've been working in a uh, in a niche where i produce how to videos or learning videos and that you know they don't really go viral but i think i can make more money that way because viral videos will get you a lot of popularity in a short time but they won't necessarily make you money from it because the platform that the videos go viral on is different videos will go viral on twitter videos will go viral on facebook and most of the time what happens is people upload the video again on facebook they don't share the same youtube link right so your video will go viral on Facebook and you might not make any money from it. And so I want to make money from my stuff. So I tend right. to make more long term. Facebook will make a lot of money from you. <laughs> yeah, Facebook, of course it does. But then you produce content targeted at Facebook, uh, doing, making sure that you uh, have, uh, you, you get the right money sources. Now, if I make my money from AdSense, like I'm on YouTube, then putting videos on Facebook is not making sense to me till the time they have a comparable program, just like AdSense. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Um, so 
How do you make your channel stand out from other people? I know that you've, um, we're, we're probably going to wrap it up pretty soon, but I know that you've really made a difference making your channel stand out, getting a great audience. How do you make them not look like everyone else's channels? The first thing that see YouTube actually limits you a little bit because they don't give you the complete freedom to design the channel according to your wishes. They used to do give you a lot more freedom earlier when you could do the sidebars and everything. But now they limit you to the top bar. So that's the first thing you should do. Like on Facebook, make sure that you've got a great banner on the top. Mm -hmm. And if the banner is pretty good, then half the work is already done. Because I mean, that's practically the only thing that YouTube lets you adapt. They don't really wow. allow you to change the thing. They don't allow you to do much, right? So there are two things that you can do to put an immediate impression on people. The first thing is the banner. Make sure it's creative. Make sure it's imaginative. Make sure it's interesting. And the next thing is thumbnails. Make sure that you put custom thumbnails on all your videos. YouTube actually likes that. Because when they see that you're putting in custom thumbnails, they think that you're doing a pro job, right? You're not an amateur just putting a one video and here for just uh, you know laughs or just sharing videos with the family. They know that you're a pro who's trying to produce videos and reach out to real people and other people apart from their family and friends. So if you upload uh, thumbnails that gonna make your channel stand out and that's also gonna get you more views so do that i'm gonna show you uh one of my channels where uh, i have uh, you know the kind of look as you said you know try to stand out so of course all of us do want to stand out and we try to do that too so uh just gonna share my screen with you and this is the channel uh you know in which again it's the same kids channel and i've got this nice banner over here in which you know uh, little kids are pulling uh, you know they're pulling tug the tug of war with some animals and uh, maybe a zombie or you know a ghost so you know interesting things like that do that and i think that's about it that's about the option that gives you the channel yeah, yeah make me be creative with the with the channel holographic and of course with the thumbnails and you're going to be fine Okay. Well, I appreciate all of your sharing today. You've said a lot of really great stuff for people wanting to get started. Um, have you got any last minute advice before we finish up today? Okay, uh, guys, I would say, uh, again, if you want to be successful on YouTube, see, YouTube is crowded right now. Because video marketing is the hottest thing and people are getting into it like crazy. So I'm going to say this, you're going to, you're going to do a lot of work on the channel when you produce the videos, right? So why? So one. So one advice that I want to give you before I part, or I would say the most important advice: do fifteen percent of that work before you start the channel. Make sure that you figure out things correctly before you start the channel, and you will find that when you do start the channel, everything is going to be easier, everything is going to be simpler, and you will be making money faster. So invest some time before jumping the gun, before getting into the actual production, before uh, you know putting up your first video. Do the research. Figure out how you're going to produce the videos. Figure out what's your plan for the next six months. Because I would say that at least you've got to wait at least six months before you can make serious money from YouTube. So figure out what your plan is for six months. And you're going to upload videos. Whether you succeed or you fail for at least six months. And then evaluate your business. So have that kind of patience. And figure out work on your niche before you start your, before you start your video channel. And you're definitely going to do better than people who don't. Excellent. <laughs> Definitely great advice um, that everyone I hope is listening. Thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing all of this great knowledge. And uh, I appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners and our viewers definitely appreciate it as well. Thank you for inviting me, Cindy. It was sure was fun. And I, I, you know, I hope my viewers, our viewers have, you know, get something out of this and they move forward with their YouTube business after this uh, little uh, you know, interview that you did with me today. Absolutely. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, man. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Seven Figure Furnace with Cindy Donovan. If you like what you just heard, please share our web address, wildfireconcepts.com, with your friends and colleagues. To catch our previous podcasts packed with more insight from self-made millionaire fire starters, check the archives on our website. This has been a Wildfire Concepts production. Join us again at our next edition of Seven Figure Furnace.